Hello, welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and our favorite books. Yes. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church, and today I'm sitting here with Chad Williams. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. Let's do this. You doing all right? I'm doing good. Good. And having yeah. a good day? Yeah, enjoying the summer. Oh, yeah. It's been a great day. Yeah, it thank has you been. For, thank you for the summer. The summer is is a really interesting time in church life because it is. It simultaneously like gets super crazy, but also dials mm-hmm. back a little bit. Yeah. So we're true. we're trying to take advantage of our summer. Don't we waste had your a summer. Staff Tyler. meeting talking about don't waste your summer. Uh, we want to recharge and refocus and kind of realign ourselves and get focused up for the fall. Uh, but today, what we want to talk about on the podcast is some resources that we think could be helpful for you to not waste your summer. Some books that you can maybe look to check out and see if they might be of some benefit to you, to your discipleship, to your growth as a Christian. So we wanted to suggest five books based on these five categories that we listed out, which are theology, Christian living, discipleship, kind of a fun book or a biography that yeah. we found helpful or interesting, and then just kind of a wild card, a book that maybe any book. any book that we found doesn't helpful. fit under those yep. categories necessarily, but it's pretty helpful. Yep. All right, so we're going to start with theology. Chad, what's kind of the one theology book you would point our listeners to this summer? Okay, so my selection is a new-ish book. I think it came out this year, actually. Okay. <clears throat> the book is called... None greater, the undomesticated attributes of God. Okay, who's that? That's by? a good subtitle. It really is by Matthew Barrett. Matthew Barrett is a professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. By the way, listeners, if you're interested in learning more about theological education and training at the seminary level, uh, or or undergraduate level for that matter, uh, have you? We, we mm. need to have uh, Pastor Terry on at some point and uh, talk about uh, Christian education. Christian education and uh, but we actually have, uh, through our church, you can get both undergraduate credit and graduate level credit through, through Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. This, yeah, who are not sponsoring this not podcast sponsors, at all. But they are for the church. They are for the church. They're not for this podcast. Know, they're not for the podcast. They are for the church. But um, Yeah, but Matthew Barrett is a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal writer. He's a phenomenal like theological mind. The book is excellent. And actually, there's a, there's a couple guys in our church that are reading this together. Yeah, and they were sharing with me just how fruitful it's been reading together, you know, kind of in a one-on-one with type relationship, uh, and and talking about the attributes of God the way right. they are. Like that's really cool. So and how it, edifying it's been talking through the things like the immutability of God with yeah. another person. How so? How does uh, how does none greater present these attributes? That's what's really cool about the book. Is I'm trying to think of a book that inspired me to worship like that book mm. that's like largely just yeah. like theology it is a is an outline of who god is right i don't know uh have you read it's aw pink yeah attributes of god uh, yes I mean, that's a classic yes. you know that's another really good book in that category but uh and, and so another book you know that was kind of similar would be like a, a holiness of god yes. you know by rc sproul and, and you know, so it's in that vein that's what i like okay. about it so it's in that yeah. vein it's really, really helpful and worshipful, but also one of the really cool things about that book that's different is you can see how the church over 2,000 years has developed a deeper understanding of the attributes of God mm. because Barrett does a really good job of like mapping out, okay, there was a time when you know this was not something we really understood well about God from the scriptures or whatever. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of 
historical unpacking too, which is cool. So it's almost, it reads almost like a historical theology book. So you've got parts of it that are like Christian church history almost and theology, and you really see that brought together really well. So yeah. that book is super helpful. So, all right, so that's my pick, None Greater, The Undomesticated Attributes of God by Matthew Barrett. What is your selection, sir, for theology? So my go-to theology book for this summer is actually a book that I just read this summer. It's called Humble Calvinism by J.A. Metters. And Tyler loves this book. Oh, it was so good. I have, he finished the book and handed it to me and was like, you have to read this. Yes. Like today. I've I become a humble Calvinism evangelist. No, it's such a good book. Um, primarily, so I'm a younger uh, guy in ministry and uh, went through school, uh, graduated, I guess, three or four years ago. And one of the big issues that I dealt with was kind of how do I handle Calvinism? Because it was a big conversation at the campus the campuses I was on or at taking school, um, always got into some heated conversations, not necessarily me getting hit, heated, but people getting heated at me about yeah. Calvinism. And so it kind of, you know, you, you hear about cage stage uh, Calvinism and how p- people can take those doctrines and become very just belligerent and arrogant. And, um, this, this book, humble Calvinism basically takes all of that and says, if you have an accurate perception of mm. what the doctrines of grace are, then you will be a person who's full of grace. Right? If That's you, a novel thought. But yeah, it, should, it really is. <laughs> it and should he, be the case. He actually, so the first chapter is just him tearing into people who do say they hold to the doctrines of grace while absolutely rejecting a gracious way of living. And so it was really helpful uh, the way he describes, and he kind of goes through the tulip, through those mm-hmm. points, sure. and, and defines them, and then says, okay, here's how that makes us more like Christ who came to serve and who came to show God's love, who didn't come to establish a pedestal and you know, put people Well, from down. what I've read and from what you've told me about the book and kind of what I've kind of read, it's just kind of getting, getting going in the book too, but uh, you, you don't have to, so personally, I don't find the term, like I, I don't find the term Calvinist or Calvinism super helpful all the time. Sure. Yeah. But it, what seems like mm-hmm. is in the book though, is you don't really have to be um, you don't have to be cool with that term or be yeah. okay. But what it does is it, it gives you a proper understanding of like, basically a core evangelical belief is like, we weren't saved because God thought we were cool and we were, we were savable right. per se, or that we were, but that we were saved actually in spite of that, in spite of our lack of that would be a better way of putting it. Yes. Right. And so the fact that we say God sovereignly saved us out of sin based on no merit in us, but only merit in Christ yeah, that should be the most humbling thing in the world. Exactly, to create what, humility. And and so what he basically says is, if you have this particular doctrine in an arrogant way, you have a Christless doctrine. You're undermining the very core exactly. of the gospel itself. Yes. Yeah, that's and it's interesting. Like the whole cage stage thing, I've seen it though. Not just in like coming to like a reformed understanding of how we're saved. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in like eschatology. Yeah, or yeah. where it's just we get really excited about whatever it is that we're kind of, oh, the light bulb went on here. And then we immediately, like, when the light bulb goes on, we go, why didn't anyone else, how dumb are you guys yeah. for not seeing this? Yes. Yeah, And it's like, you didn't see this six months ago or three months ago. And it's like, I don't understand why you don't see what I see now. 
now. Right. You know, and so, uh, but that, it seems like that book is really kind of nailing that, which is fantastic. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be comfortable or even like using that term exactly to, apply that's, to, to, to be helped by it. That, that's what I've told people that you, whether you're a Calvinist, uh, non-Calvinist, anti-Calvinist, <laughs> or, or don't know what that word means, this is a helpful book to, to kind of help you see. If you, if you have a bad picture of what Calvinists and Calvinism is, mm-hmm. then you need to read this book to, to get, get a better understanding of where those doctrines come from and why they're helpful. Awesome. So Very good. Our next category is Christian living. Christian living. Chad, what was your recommendation? This comes as a surprise to no one on our staff. Oh. Because I talk about this Wonder what book it could be. All the time. And I've recommended this book to most of those who listen to this podcast. Let me guess. Yes. Every day of Friday. Yes. By Joel Osteen. <laughs> by Joel. No. No. The book <laughs> is called The Happy Christian by David Murray. Yep. David Murray uh, is a professor at Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary. He is, uh, his, his, like, the thing he's kind of given his life to studying and writing about is basically experiential living, a Christian applying the gospel into kind of our lives, into our daily devotional lives. And so this book, he's, he's written several helpful books, by the way. His book on rest, like, Mm -hmm. is about as good as it gets on rest. Um, but it's called Reset. Uh, but anyway, so the book is all about, uh, it uses the term happiness in a way that is, in my mind, just super helpful. The book is saying, people who, I'll summarize it this way, people who truly believe in what we say we believe about what Christ has done for us mm. will be the happiest people on the planet. And yeah. that actually we have the ability, as we focus our hearts and minds on the gospel, that that will make us happier people. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's a, and, and it's also like not apologetic about using the word happiness and, and, and I love like in our tribe, like kind of theologically, yeah you know, there's like, oh, well, not happiness, but joy, joy, right. Joy, right. like happiness is happenstance. And I get all that and it's tied to conditional stuff. And I understand that, but basically, you know, the way that David Murray approaches it in this book and why it's so helpful is he's saying, Hey, listen, you, you want to actively pursue Ha- more happiness in the gospel, uh, mm. despite your conditions, uh, there are there are ways that you can intentionally focus your heart and mind on the gospel that will produce that. And so, yeah, it's um, it's like right now, I'd, I'd say my my book of the year. Yeah, uh, it's powerful. It's gospel soaked. It's practical. I'm all about it. That's awesome. It, it sounds like it's speaking to one of the um, one of the greater areas that we could if we could get that idea that we can be fully happy in Jesus, fully happy in, in our Christian faith, the world might pay attention a little more Yeah, because they're seeking happiness sure. in all these broken things that can't bring happiness. And then we're over here saying, well, I've, I can't be happy. Right. <laughs> right. Happy sounds like, ah, I can't be happy. I've got to be you know prayed we serious are. and to pray. Yeah. We got to be, you can have, and that's one of the other things he says is like, point. you you can have, a biblical view of the world, yeah. a realistic biblical view of the world and still find happiness in the gospel. And that's, yeah. I don't know that I had ever 
heard someone go at it the way he does in this book and that's what i found so interesting about it Mm. um and 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 again it's um with any of these books i mean there's stuff that you're going to chew out you know chew up and spit out yeah there's always bones and it doesn't matter who it is but right uh, so read discerning always that's a little sidebar there but uh but it's a it's a wonderfully refreshing book for the summer. I think that someone would be really really pleased with reading it and be really helped by it. So, really really good book. And it's not that long. It's it's pretty short too. You know, less than a couple hundred pages. It's great. Cool. Uh, great book. So, Christian Living Man. Let's hear it. Yeah. So right now, uh, I would recommend if you're married, getting married, engaged, dating, married and doing premarital. Married, yeah, or yeah, engaged. <laughs> if you're married and we're leading someone in premarital engaged, counseling, engaged, developed. Any, if you have any relationship to marriage, you should read this book. If you know married people, if you know, if you know anybody that's married, <laughs> if you want to be married one day, if you had a dream and you were married in the dream, read this book. It's called Catching Foxes by John Henderson. Uh, I am currently using it as a tool to take a young couple through some marriage counseling, and it has led to some very enriched, like gospel enriched conversations that uh, don't often happen. Uh, and, and I've only been married once. <laughs> I, I'm newly married. <laughs> I did my premarital counseling with you, Chad. Can we make that the tag? Of, I've only been married Only once. been married <laughs> once. So I haven't done premarital a bunch of times, obviously. Sure. Uh, but I think this book has what a lot of other books don't, which a lot of other books try to talk about the gospel and then talk about practical. This ties those things together really well by launching and saying the reason for everything and the reason for marriage is God. God mm-hmm. has created everything. We've messed it up. It starts with the gospel and then ties that into, okay, so let's look at your particular areas of brokenness that are going to affect this marriage. And let's sounds at, good. It's phenomenal. And so we've been, I've been using it. Me and my wife have been using it to do some premarital counseling with this young couple, but it's even started some conversations for us that we typically what happens. Yeah. It's but yeah. You're doing premarital or, or talking to a young couple as a married couple, and then those things get taken back home in a positive way. And go, are these are these true about us? Yeah. Are yeah. we doing this? Or are we? You know, and that's a that's a right. I've heard. I've I'm pretty sure I've read parts of that book, and I know lots of guys who have done premarital with it and have been blessed by it. So yeah. it's uh, it sounds like a great. Yeah, great we're excited about continuing to use that to benefit our own marriage, but also used to, to speak to some young couples. It's going to be yeah, great. It's great. All right. Our third category, discipleship, discipleship books. Chad, what you got? All right. So I'm going with a tried and true. I've done a lot of cohorts with guys, a lot of one-on-one using this book over the last th- maybe two or three years. I think it's a three or four year old book. The book is, uh, hold on to your seats. Yeah. This, this title discipling by Mark Dever. Wow. Disciple. And what's it about? It's it's about it's about discipling yeah. others. And in the it's it's probably if if I'm gonna ask someone to kind of start a discipling relationship with with or mm. a with relationship. So we're doing this thing called with and yeah. have you where this initiative where we're trying to just create and facilitate conversation like one on one discipling within the church. Yeah. This is a wonderful book for initiating those like a first book for those kind of yeah relationships because what it does is it unpacks what discipleship is and then what specifically what discipling is and there's actually and he points out there's a little bit of a difference in discipleship and discipling mm-hmm. i think yeah. that the church talks a lot about discipleship yeah. in a big broad way 
Yeah. And there's lots of ways that that works. But the actual discipling of the one-on-one life and the follow me as I follow Jesus and the doing spiritual good to someone, which yeah. I think that's the definition he uses. Basically, discipleship is doing spiritual good to other people is what makes it so helpful. So it is a slam dunk. It is, uh, it's in the little nine mark series, little blue book. Mm. I think it's 90 pages, uh, five chapters. So it works out perfectly. Like if you wanted to sit down and say, Hey, we're going to meet five times over the next yeah. two months. Yeah. Great read, good discussion questions in the actual, uh, chapters themselves. So discipling by Mark Devering, fantastic book for discipleship. Nice. Um, what about you? I'm actually going to throw a curveball. Mm. I, I had a different book, but I just thought of one when you were talking about that book. Um, you started. You're on Amazon. I, yeah. No, I was like, <laughs> I got to find a different book. No. Um, I, I'm going to. So my original. Is this, is this allowed? Is this allowed? Yeah, Your of course. <laughs> Top fives can be altered all the time. Uh, no. So my, my original book was Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which is. Yeah, that one's garbage. Throwing that away. Give me a new No, one. that was. <laughs> That's like a classic. It's like. The, maybe the classic discipleship, discipleship book I can think of. Yeah. Amazing book. So that, that particular book, I was actually reading as God was kind of calling me into ministry and mm. got tied a lot in my brain to that concept in there of cheap grace versus costly grace oh, yeah. shaping the way Christians live. Bonhoeffer was Paul Washer before Paul Washer was yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thinking of that book, yes, it's a great book about why discipleship is necessary because he, he basically takes Germany and says – Hey, Germany's made this cheap grace available where you can just get into a church and do whatever. And it's kind of the same way the church is today by taking that and saying, no, the grace that's offered to us cost God something. Mm. So it should cost us something. Um, but anyway, so that's, but we're not, but now we're, we're not going to talk about that book. <laughs> we're not, not today. We're not, we don't have no time. To not talk today, about. Dietrich. The other book that just popped to my mind that I think is equally, maybe not equally as great. No, it's a great book. Um, but also helpful with maybe using as a resource to, to walk through with somebody in discipleship is Habits of Grace by David Mathis. Great book. Great book. That's I a great book. just read that um, last year. It's in the last couple of years, and I actually used it when I was teaching students uh, as kind of a, a series on this spiritual disciplines. So that was a really helpful – the way he frames a lot of those Habits of Grace, spiritual disciplines – uh, were really helpful to me as far as like talking about these things as like actually hearing from God and, right. you know, knowing that God kind of has, he talks about as having his ear, he listens to us. So it's not just re- you know, repetitious activity. It's sure. actually connecting to the heart of God and receiving That's grace good. through those things. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, so it's Phenomenal a good thing to, to use for your own discipleship, growth in your own spiritual disciplines, but also to use to connect with somebody else. No doubt. Yeah, things. it's a great book. Great, very accessible. Yeah. Practical, great book. All right, our next category is kind of a hybrid. We talked about it being kind of a fun book, a biography, uh, something that's not necessarily theological or you know discipleship oriented, but something that's just fun. Just something a, you would read. Something you'd read. So, Chad, what's what's just a fun book you'd read? A fun book. A fun book. But biography. Okay, so here's what book. I was thinking. So, as a biography, it's phenomenal. Okay. I don't know if it's fun. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, but it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's an enjoyable book. But then I was thinking, and I was and I was like, ah, where's Amazon? I want to let me let me alter this list here too, because I'm like, I don't know. Here's the biography. <laughs> Here's the biography. The biography is Thomas Kidd, George Whitfield. He he wrote a book called George Whitfield. Okay. <laughs> that was really confusing. So it's George Whitfield. <laughs> 
by <laughs> Back up. Thomas Kidd. The book I want to recommend is the book George Whitfield, a biography of George Whitfield by Thomas Kidd. Thomas Kidd is, in my opinion, the most readable historian mm-hmm. that I have come across. Um, and he's a, he actually, another plug, he actually just uh, left. He was at Baylor University. He just actually wound up at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Wow. Uh, so Thomas Kidd's book. What do you know about Midwestern? I know. Uh, not much. Um, so Thomas Kidd's book, his biography on George Whitfield, it is the best biography I've ever read. Wow. It is. Um, it's not uber long. Uh, there's other George Whitfield biographies, like if you're interested in George Whitfield, the famous mm. um, evangelist you know, who... Uh, was was one of the most famous men in the early colonies yeah. uh, for sure, uh, and uh, and so anyway, great book. Uh, maybe the Arnold Arnold Dalmore wrote two books on George Whitfield, uh, one volume one, volume two. Both are very good as well. But uh, it, for for me, Thomas Kidd's book on George Whitfield is absolutely exceptional, uh, and I think it's it's extremely readable and accessible if you're looking to to learn more about someone like George Whitfield, who you know many considered at the time. Yeah, maybe the greatest preacher since well, I don't know, uh, just one of the all-time greats. Yeah, uh, and so that's a that's a phenomenal phenomenal read there. So that's my that's my that's my bio. That's your fun book. That's my fun book. Yeah, there's some interesting things in there too that are uh, quite telling that I've never heard about George Whitfield. Oh, uh, so just cool. Yeah, good stuff. So what about you? All right, my fun book is the Mortification of Sin by <laughs> John Owen. <laughs> I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's really enlightening. Uh, very easy to read. Just a, just a yeah. breeze. You can read it in the afternoon. Sure. Yeah. That's that's uh, <laughs> no um, some light light Friday evening yeah. reading. Yep. Um, Goodness. Don't waste your summer. No, my favorite. Uh, <laughs> don't waste your mortification. <laughs> I wonder if anybody would be. They'd be like, oh, <laughs> rewrite that one down. Um. All right. So my book for this category is actually one that I'm reading right now. It is Letters to an American Christian by Bruce Ashford. Um, Tell me more. Bruce Ashford is a guy from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, where I went to school. Mm. Um, But Letters to an American Christian is actually very different from what I thought it would be. Uh, as I picked it up, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, let's talk to the American church and you know tear things up. But actually, it wasn't that way at all. It was It's structured, the chapters are structured as letters, to a Christian <laughs> that's in America <laughs> who is sense. who's trying to think through political issues. Mm. So it's all about how do we allow our Christianity to impact the way we interact with politics. Gotcha. Which has actually been a really cool read. Um, there's some things that, you know, there's a lot of different thoughts on that issue. How far should our religion, or, you know, anybody's religion impact how they interact with politics you know we we definitely would say it impacts our daily life sure and so to some sense it has to it has to kind of come into that conversation when you're thinking who should i vote for sure what's the purpose of government um and so it's got a lot of helpful things so far what i've read about like what's what does the separation of church and state look like how should christians think about uh, religious freedom. It's not just religious freedom for Christians. We should actually support religious freedom for, for all. Yeah, um, sure. Because that protects us, but it also allows us to say, you know, we we want to see this reality exist in our country, not just for us, because right. we don't want to be a totalitarian sure. Christian regime. That sounds like a good 
podcast episode. Yeah, that, I, I think it'd be great. We can talk about Christians sure. and, and politics. It's good um, stuff. Yeah. I, I've heard great things about it, and, and yeah. you were telling me about it the other day that you had started it, and it looks great. I've heard great things about it. So Yeah, it talks about that, and it talks about kind of how Christians timely too. think about yeah hot-button issues. It's sure. kind of the second section of it. It's really, really good. It's I really good enjoyed stuff. reading it. All right, our last kind of uh, general category was just a wild card, maybe something that didn't fit into any of those uh, previous categories or maybe another book from those categories that you think this is just one final helpful book that uh, would be beneficial. So, Chad, what's your what's your wild card? Okay, so my wild card selection uh, is All Things for Good by Thomas Watson. And the reason that I picked that book, All Things for Good, is essentially – uh, the Puritan Thomas Watson's meditations on Romans eight twenty eight, mm. and so the entire book is it, it's simultaneously it's very heavy it's very dense but it's also the single most encouraging book yeah outside of the Bible I've ever read, and so it is just this rich gospel soaked view of the world and how we view whatever is happening in our lives through the lens of Romans eight twenty eight, And it is, it's a spectacular book. It's also not long. And so one of the things, I'm sure, uh, yeah. So I, I think one just like sidebar is, is a great way to build reading momentum is, you know, read books that are, that, that you can finish. Yeah. I mean, and that sounds really simple, yeah. but I mean, it's great to have books too that, you know, you're kind of coming back to over and over over long periods of time. Like I wouldn't recommend reading, you know, Wayne Grudem systematic theology in a couple settings right? right. uh, or sittings. I I wouldn't recommend that. And, and so now that's a great book to, you know, just slowly over time, you know, read, read a section, you know, once a week or something. And you you look up in a year, you've read it. Uh, But these books are all, uh, and you need those kind of books, but these books that we're recommending most, I mean, all these books are, are relatively short. Yeah. 200 pages or less. Yeah. Right. And so, um, that just helps. I feel like do that, read books you can finish. Yeah. And here's the weird thing about reading a book. You start reading more books. Absolutely. So you, you know, you, you pick up momentum and, and pretty soon you're, you're kind of on a nice roll. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you're not wondering why this episode's called 10 things you're binge watching this summer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right, you, you just, right. you just kind of get in that habit and that routine of, of ingesting good things. Yeah. And, and it has a lot of spiritual benefits around the, just that's, period. that's definitely one of the focuses I have this summer. So as you know, I've already read like three books so far this summer, uh, which is so far not this week, this week. Yeah. No, I did read which a book is also the summer. It's much. exactly it, it's not something that I've done before. I haven't read this quickly before, but one of the, the helpful things about the the thing that's helped me the most is actually taking a break from stuff like Netflix yeah. and screen time on my phone. Scroll, it's just crazy amount of time we spend. Yeah. Yeah. We spend doing we're, I don't have time to read. Yeah. Well, we do. Another, another kind of helpful tip I've heard with book reading is if you, if it's a bad book and you're not into put it, it down, just put it down. I've, I've been a victim of that. Of the opposite of that, where I'm like, oh, I got to finish this book before I get to the no, next one. I life's just too short. Yeah, if you if life's you just read too one of these books and you're like, man, not into it, just put it down and pick something else up. That's it. And and also, uh, I, I tell people as well, like, you start reading a book that you just completely you're losing interest in. Yeah. Um, there, it may be time to discard it. Or here's another thing that I do, I will just skip the section I'm reading. I don't. Mm, let's go to the next I don't chapter. care about this. Wow. Yeah. 
That's good. Like there's some good. long personal story about something. I'm like, ah, I don't really care about this. And I just kind of get to the next thing. Yeah. And again, the it's goal, good. you're not reading to, to create, like, you know, to, to accomplish a goal. Yeah. The, the, you're reading to be, to grow. You're, you're, right. you're, it's not it's not goal oriented it's growth oriented right and That's when you good. and so i think if you do that you wind up here's what happens if you don't though you get in a book that you hate mm. and some of you listening are reading a book right now it's on your night shelf or nightstand or whatever yeah and you're just like i don't want to read that yeah i don't want to read but that you, but i need you keep, to finish you keep I picking guess. it up read a page or two yeah or but that kills your reading life yes it does because pretty soon you haven't read that book or any other books yeah and so it just stalls you out Man, take that book and like see you later, book. Take Bye. it to Goodwill. Goodbye. Never see it again. Bring it to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, but move on. Yes. And keep the momentum going and don't get bogged down in bad books. Life is too short for bad books. That's helpful. Uh, my last wild card um, type of book is Unstuck by Matt Perman. Kind Such of a, a good book. It's kind of a, a nice book to end Such on here because, you know, what we've been talking about is using the these moments to read uh, to be constructive and actually you know, grow yourself. Uh, that's really kind of what this book's all about is making space in your life to accomplish thing, the things that you need to accomplish. Um, really trying to take a the, theological approach to productivity, yeah. which has been really helpful for me, just trying to realize, okay, how do I structure my day? you know, what are my priorities and the goals of my job? Um, it's really helped me do that because I'm not a a very productive, I'm a productive person, but I'm not a very structured person. Mm. And so I, that's, that's really helped me like manage the sections of time that I have a lot better. And and a lot of that I've used for, for reading, Sure, Um, blocking out time and just saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to focus on and and not going to focus on other things that, that don't really matter. Yeah. Unstuck is an incredible book. There's a, another book. It was kind of a seek. Unstuck was a bit of a sequel to Matt Perman's first book that was called What's Best Next. Yeah. Which is just also just throwing that out there. If Unstuck was helpful, you'll find What's Best Next helpful. Um, coming out from similar, it's 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 a it's coming from the same kind of uh, theological view of life and productivity and God's glory and all that. But it's they're kind of looking at two sides of the same coin. But it, the books are very helpful together as well. So unstuck, incredible book. I know Tyler was helped a lot by just talking through it. It was cool. Yeah. Um, and I don't know anyone that's read it hasn't been helped by it. Uh, but uh, also, what's best next is a great companion piece if you're looking at possibly uh, continue to read on uh, productivity. Yeah. Gospel-centered productivity. Exactly. Well, that's uh, really cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up right there. Hopefully this episode. This fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, hopefully this episode has been helpful to you. Hey, if you want to kind of let us know what books you're reading, go ahead and find our church Instagram page, Highview Church, and let us know what you're reading. We'd love to see kind of what books yeah. you're enjoying, and we might I'll even... put them on my Amazon wish list. Absolutely. Yeah, also, all the books we mentioned today are going to be linked in the description, the, the episode description, so make sure you check those out. We hope that you will go leave us a rating and review, and we will see you next time.